It's good to see you. It's good to see all of you here today. So we've been, uh, over the past several months, we've been inviting leadership members and you guys. Uh, no one has yet, no one who's not in leadership has yet stepped up uh, to ask to do this. But we have been having leadership members on the last Sunday of each month speak to our mission statement and what it means to them. And I, I know I kicked this off a while ago, but I'm going to go ahead and pick up with it today because today is our day of it, reintroducing all of our leadership council people, accepting new members into our community, and also later on today we'll have our annual meeting. And so today, just a little, a little uh, spoiler alert, spiritual practice number three is actually spiritual community. You know, we've been talking about what are the practices that we can actually put into daily use in our lives. And one of the things that I think most of us in this room, at least, have discovered is that having a community with whom you share similar ideals is a good thing. And so our mission statement, this is one that was crafted way, way back in the Wayback Machine, probably even before we officially had a name. And it has maybe been tweaked very, very slightly a couple of times over the years. Uh, the people who originally crafted our mission statement really just put down what was right for us. And um, I don't even know if any of us in the room were part of that, but we've certainly taken it, um, and it's been ours. Affirming oneness, we inspire, empower, and support practical spiritual growth through prayer, meditation, and service to our community in an atmosphere of love, joy, peace, and prosperity for all. And indeed, this is what we are here for. We are here to affirm that while we may be living in this human experience in separate bodies, certainly we, we know that, but within us is the same heart beating. Within us is that spirit that goes by so many names, whether we want to call it God or divine mind, infinite possibility. And so one of the things that we do simply by coming here each week is to join in consciousness to affirm that that oneness is so. There's a lot of people living in the planet right now that would like us to believe that we are all very separate and very different and that we not only are very different, but that we have to argue and prove how right we are over one another. And I'm just here to say I don't think that's helpful. So our mission of really coming together and affirming that wholeness, wholeness of mind, wholeness of spirit, wholeness of body, wholeness of community, wholeness of all. This is an important thing that we do. And, of course, we do that, we hope, I hope that's your experience, through practical ideas, practical things. You know, if if you all just wanted to hear all sorts of kind of off-in-the-clouds theological theory and all of that, um, you know, you could YouTube it, you could stay home, you could, I have all sorts of thick, thick books from ministerial school you could read. How about that? But one of the reasons that unity resonated with me 
besides that whole oneness thing, was that we are founded in practical spirituality. We have our feet firmly on the ground. Our hearts, our souls, that spirit that we are certainly transcends this physical journey. And we are having a physical journey. We can never discount that. We can never say it doesn't matter because ultimately it's just, I'm just human. That is not a true statement. Everything matters. And so we want to learn practical ways to learn to manage this journey that we're on. And the principal tools that we use are prayer and meditation for that. There's very little difference between prayer and meditation in unity practices. Our prayer, our, our affirmative prayer practice includes within it meditation as we move into silence. And it is in that silence that we touch the reality of oneness within each one of us. We also believe in serving our communities, and we do this here in a lot of different ways. We do it through our outreach activities. We do it through simply prayer. I say simply, and I say that because that's our foundational practice. We come together throughout the week, and part of the prayer that we pray is holding good for all beings everywhere. And that's true service. If we know that someone is having a challenge, we gather them in our consciousness and and we shine our light as brightly as we can so that they will remember that their light shines brightly also. And then lastly, it is indeed our intention to do all of this in an atmosphere of love, joy, peace, and prosperity for all. And I believe that every single person who walks into this room fills it even more with that love, with that joy, with that peace. We were privileged this week to host an ordination for uh, the minister of CSL Tucson. And we had about 85 people here on Tuesday night. Yeah, it was, it was a fun night. Um, and, and everybody, everybody had to seek me out and just tell me how beautiful our space is physically, and even more than that, that as soon as they walked in the door, they could feel welcome. They could feel the love that we have been filling this place with. So for me, that's what our mission statement is about. And I hope that as we move on through the rest of the year, that some of you will feel moved to share with us, what does this mission statement reflect for you? Because while we all agree on certain things, we all each have our own unique perspective. One of the other things that we do when we come together each week is to affirm the truth of what it is that we are. We all know the answer to who are you. I'm thinking everybody in here, if I said who are you, you can identify yourself. Now, if you can't, then, you know, please let me know and we will, we will do what needs to be done. But the thing is, what are you? What are you? And that's why we speak this next affirmation. There, thank you. And, and again, we're having issues with the back projector, and you all know I tend not to, I tend not to memorize things. So we are all going to speak this together, if you will. Allow yourself for just a moment to center yourself. Feel comfortable in your chair, comfortable in your body. Allow a breath. Allow yourself to just feel that love and that warmth 
that envelops us. Allow yourself to recognize that for this next hour or so, you have nothing else on the to-do list. And so we come together. We come together in that atmosphere of love, joy, peace, and prosperity for all. And we affirm the truth of this statement. Speak with me if you wish. Releasing the things that are behind, I realize I am strong, positive, powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. I am the infinite, expressing at the point I am. I am peace in the midst of all matters. We know that is true. We know it, and so it is. Amen. Allow yourselves just for a moment to, in your imagination, just consider, and we've talked about this in the past two or three weeks, what does it mean to say, I am peace in the midst of all matters? And if you don't know that that is necessarily a statement, sometimes when we make affirmations, there's part of our egoic mind that wants to say, well, I sure didn't show up very peaceful last time I saw so-and-so, or being peace in the midst of all matters didn't seem to do me too much good at that meeting on Friday. And last week when we came together and I spoke about the importance of those words, I am, one of the things that I suggested for your homework this week was that you pay attention to what are you attaching to that identity of I am. And do you think to really attach peace when you walk into a place where perhaps you know it is not peaceful. One person holding a knowing of peace can shift the energy in a whole space. And we know this is true, each one of us. I know whether or not you consciously thought of it at the time, but I know that you have walked into a space at some point in your life where as soon as you cross the threshold... It was like, whoa, there be dragons here. It was like, whoa, what is going on? I have walked in on something. And when we have that experience, our human tendency is to go, oh, what are we in for now? Oh, no, what's going on? We instantly seem seem to just sink down into the inevitability of something bad happening and going on. But for just a moment, imagine one of those times that you walked into that space of there be danger here. Imagine if in that moment you just closed your eyes, allowed yourself a couple of breaths, maybe even physically touch the area of your body where your heart lives, and reminded yourself, I am peace in the midst of all matters. Do you think you would have made a difference? And I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. We are in potential peace no matter what. So the next time that you hear someone, I'll just say spouting off. Does that cover it? Someone spouting off. And 
and they're triggering you in some way. It's not real hard to get triggered when someone is spouting off, at least not for me. And if we can pause in that moment and breathe and say, I am peace in the midst of all matters, the thing is we may not change their behavior at all. That's the, that's the human relative fact of things, is we may not change anybody's behavior. But how would the experience be different for you if you simply affirmed your ability to be peace in that circumstance? This is one of the things I believe that, that being in spiritual community, and you can go to the next slide now, Larry, um, I think this is one of the things that spiritual community helps us to practice. When we walk in here together, we are mostly inclined to give each other the benefit of the doubt. And that's there's a lot of value simply in being willing to grant grace to people and give them the benefit of the doubt. I had my first experience at Unity Village probably... I'm, I'm, do, I'm trying to do math in my head, and we all know that's not real successful always. But I'm just going to say it was at least 30, 20 years ago, and perhaps a little more than that. And I had been meditating in, uh, in a chapel on grounds. There's a chapel called the Peace Chapel, and in fact, the uh, Peace Be Still that's in the front of our entryway, that's a photograph I took facing at the front of the Peace Chapel. And it has a lot of stained glass that's very similar to Opal's quilt over here. And I had been meditating in the Peace Chapel for a while, and I realized how nice it was getting to be outside. And so I went to just sort of continue my meditation sitting on a bench outside the Peace Chapel. And the Peace Chapel is located outside of what's called the, uh, the Education Building, which is also where a lot of administrative offices are. And as I was sitting there, and, and this was a silent retreat, it was a week-long silent retreat, so I had my little observing silence name tag on. And while I was sitting there, a couple of people came out of the administration building, and I could just tell by their body language that they were not at peace. Let's just put it that way. And one of them said something to the other one, and then the other one noticed that I was sitting there and there was, and he just kind of put up his, his hands, you know, and probably like shrugged like, we have, we have, we have a, a foreigner here on the grounds, you know. And anyway, they began their conversation and it was really obvious to me as they were standing there talking, they seriously disagreed about something. They were having a serious disagreement. And they were having that disagreement in peace and in love. And my whole brain kind of was having a hard time wrapping my head around this because I couldn't hear the words they were saying. And I know it's because they knew one of the retreatants was right there because um, I'd been there when I wasn't a retreatant. And and we just don't always be quiet in our in our disagreements. I will just put it that way. But that was the first place I ever saw two grown-up people passionately disagree with one another. And I mean, it, they were absolutely, each one of them, it was, it was obvious how passionate they were. And they had this back and forth and back and forth, and then all of a sudden there was a big outburst of laughter. 
They hugged one another. They put their arms around each other and said, so is it time for lunch yet? And they headed off to go have lunch together. That was the first time in my life I ever saw people really disagree, and I realized that simple disagreement did not have to mean something terrible was happening. It didn't have to mean anger. It didn't have to mean fear or confrontation. It was simply disagreement. And obviously that day made a big impact on me. Um, It's one of the reasons why I went back to unity. A lot of reasons. But the fact that we can learn through being in proximity with each other, how to listen to one another, how to recognize if someone says something that's really kind of goofy, we're not going to instantly assume the worst of them. We're going to think, you know, that didn't come out quite right, but I don't really think they meant anything nasty by it. And so in community is where we get to learn that. We get to practice it. We get to practice stopping talking when we're about to say, I'm so tired, angry, whatever. And we can start to say something and say, I am not going to finish that sentence right now. And people will accept that from us. So for those of you who are here quite regularly, I know that you are already reaping the fruits of spiritual community. Plus, we're nice people. What the heck? It's a good gene pool to be a part of. So in the next slide, we have some words from Charles Fillmore, and I'm definitely going to have to, going to, have to be looking at it from here. Back in the 20s, Unity was just starting to expand beyond the borders of its home ground. And centers and churches were being created throughout the country. And Charles Fillmore created a a little booklet called Methods and Ideals for Unity Centers and Churches. And these are a couple of, uh, a couple of his comments on communities and what ideal unity communities would involve. So in setting forth the characteristics which distinguish the one who walks after the Spirit, the Apostle Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. And what Fillmore meant by that, because I looked it up, what Fillmore meant by long-suffering is not, oh, woe is me. What he meant by that was self-discipline for the faithful expression of the spirit of truth under all conditions. So we could say that's sort of like being peace in the midst of all circumstances. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. So this is what he thinks involvement in a unity community should be cultivating. All of these things. When centers and leaders have this vision of spiritual ideals, they make every effort toward training additional workers and organizing new centers and study classes so that the work of spirit may be carried on more efficiently. And I like that in all of the early unity stuff, he doesn't talk about, there's no reference to converting people, there's no reference, it is all talking about workers. We are here to do the work of spirit. Next slide, please. So coming into truth, nothing could possibly speed the coming of the kingdom of heaven into the earth more than a truth center actively at work in every community. Everyone in truth 
should help in such work. If there are those who are merely looking in upon truth, let them have the courage to come all the way in. They will find a new joy in the work. And that's what we're celebrating today. Those who have maybe been looking in and have made the commitment to come all the way in. So as we begin today, I would like to invite all of our leadership council members to please come up front, and we're going to ask you to affirm your willingness to continue to serve in leadership. So, yep, yep, I know I did not tell any of you you were going to do this, because I did not want a whole bunch of people saying, well, I don't know if I want to go up front. There is nothing embarrassing about standing in front of a group of your peers and saying that I have the courage to come all the way in. So in many centers, you know that when you have your leaders, your leaders presented to you, there's usually between three and five people. And we are doing things differently here. Rather than entrust everything to three or four or five people, we are, we are inviting literally everyone who is a member of this community and who has been a member of this community for at least one year to be a part of our leadership council. So I want you to know that these are members of our community who have committed to and allowed themselves to be entrusted with balancing ideas of relative truth, meaning things like budgets and paying the bills and does the heater work, with absolute truth, which is eternal and unchanging. These are the members who have, in Charles Fillmore's words, not merely looked in on truth but have expressed the courage to come all the way in. So we are blessed to have leadership which is well-grounded in truth principles, supportive of our spiritual needs, and capable of providing the stewardship necessary to maintain our physical facilities and needs. So I'm going to be asking you each some questions here, and the right answer would be something like, yes, I will, I don't. And, or to say, you know what, I made, an, I made a mistake. I need to sit back down. And that's okay, too. Wise leadership requires each of us to put our own spiritual development first, for only then will we be able to hear the still, small voice of spirit. Will you each commit to put your own spiritual development first so that you may serve wisely? Do you commit to working cooperatively with the other members listening and showing respect for diverse opinions? Do you commit to honor yourself and others by speaking your truth, asking questions, and being clear about your own needs? Do you dedicate yourselves to promoting the welfare and growth of our center and the unity movement to follow unity principles and to looking to the Christ within for wisdom, guidance, and inspiration? And to all of you seated here, you've heard the commitment that these each, that these have each agreed to. So I ask you, do you commit to support and to nurture them so that their experience as part of your leadership team will be empowering and joyful for them and of the highest value to this ministry? Thank you. And so for the coming year, I want to say thank you to each one of you, and know that you are hereby installed as our Unity Council in loving service. May God live abundantly in your wisdom, your love, and your commitment to this center. Thank you, each.
Thank you. So you can be seated again now. And one of the things that we will be doing at our annual meeting later today is that those voting members who are here will be doing the legal vote to affirm them as our unity council. And and so, real quick, all of you that are just sitting down, do we always agree on everything? No. <laughs> we apparently don't even agree on whether or not we agree on everything. <clears throat> and yet we're still laughing and still smiling. So the first step, the first step, however, is simply becoming a member of our community. And, of course, as I've said a ton of times, when you walk in that door, as far as we're concerned, you are a member of our community. There comes a point for some of you when you decide that what you would like to do is actually sign your name on a piece of paper and be there as an official member member. So we kind of have members and member members. And today we will be welcoming, welcoming some of you into that status, that you have also decided that it is time to take a first step on coming in, and then knowing that that is a step along your commitment to do the work. One of the things that we're told biblically is that the teacher we call Jesus, our way shower, the Christ, that wherever two or three or more of us gather, there is that Christ presence. And we know this is true on any level. It's true when we join our human consciousness with our spiritual consciousness, that there is where the Christ is. And so as members of this community, we invite people to express their desire that I want, I want to be more involved. I want to actually raise my hand and say I'm aligned with the ideals of this community. So we have a place, we work together, we make sure the bills get paid, we turn the lights on each week, and we know that in our unity of purpose and our love of spirit and as dedicated students of truth, we know that that wisdom, that faith, that truth, that light is always present with all of us. We affirm, too, that Christ consciousness is the head of this assembly. Um, in our bylaws, it doesn't say the president or the minister or anything like that. It actually says in our bylaws that the Christ is the head of this organization. And by that, we don't mean the historical man, Jesus. We mean that Christed presence, which Jesus expressed so wonderfully. So we come together in oneness. We create this unity by bringing with us our various backgrounds to blend together in the name of that living Christ consciousness, remembering that we are the embodiment of the spiritual ideas of life, love, peace, and intelligence. I'm going to invite our new members to come up front and allow us to love you and to welcome you in. Tia, I think I did see you here. We know that Brittany could not be with us today, but she is... Uh, we'll let you like have, have your friend right there next to you. How about that? And John, and Janice. So the words of the Apostle Paul. So then you are no longer strangers, 
but you are citizens of this household, with the Christ as the cornerstone. In that Christ, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple of the Lord of our being. We are also built together spiritually. We create this community of the Christ. We know that Christ dwells in your hearts through faith as you are rooted and grounded in love. You have the power to comprehend, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, and to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with humility, with gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of spirit and the bond of peace. Dear friends, as the spiritual leader of this church, it is my privilege on behalf of its membership to receive you into full and active membership of this church. We are happy and thankful to know that you will be blessed by and be a blessing to the community of friends that is Unity Spiritual Center of Peace. The book of Psalms reminds us how very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. So, friends, let's rise. Next slide, please. And let's offer these new members our unity blessing. And you can stay seated there. So we look, we look at these three dear friends and we speak together our unity blessing. Speak with me. We love you. We bless you. We appreciate you. And we behold the Christ you are. Amen. Thank you, everyone. And I will get hugs when I don't have a headset on. (laughs) Thank you. So at this point, we're simply going to move into a time of stillness. We've spoken about being peace in all situations. We've spoken about the importance of the I am identity that we all share We've seen friends come up and make commitments to us. Each person up here has implied their commitment and expressed their willingness to see the best in us. And so we see the best in them. And we center into this time of stillness through music, through prayer, as we simply become still. As always, singing is welcome. Last night I dreamed my daddy woke me up And took me by the hand And walked me down the hill and through the woods To where a little chapel stands And everyone we knew was there And they all seemed so happy we came back The deacon shook our hands and then he led us To a seat beside the aisle The preacher started talking And everybody leaned in close He said, there is a light in the dark when we need it the most. There is a way through this world if we keep this in mind. No one gets to heaven if anybody else is left behind.
to heaven If anyone is lost along the way And it's so easy to doubt it So now let us join hands and pray We'll meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by No one gets to heaven if anybody else is left behind. Like we'd been to that place We sang peace in the valley And Lord, we sang I'll fly away And when we raised up our voices We sounded like angels on high Singing no one gets to heaven if anybody else is left behind No one gets to heaven If anyone is lost along the way And it's so easy to doubt it So now let us join hands and pray Beautiful shore in the sweet by and by And no one gets to heaven If anybody else is left behind No one gets to heaven If anybody else is left behind devoted to community, we remember that it does not matter what door we walk in. It doesn't matter what the name over the door is. We can never know true wholeness in this place, in this time, until everyone knows this truth. And that is our work in unity. Each one of us is to know truth, to live our lives demonstrating that truth, to extend grace and goodwill to all of the others who may not understand truth in the way that we understand it, but to know that there is a consciousness of wholeness and that at some point, we will all join together in that consciousness of one.
we can each experience and touch into that for ourselves, for our friends, for all of those others in any moment in which we choose to do so. And we know that it's not just for us, but for all beings everywhere. So in this moment, as we shift into silence, I invite you to focus on the light within you. Imagine it growing stronger and stronger and brighter, expanding beyond the boundaries of your physical body and glowing even brighter and brighter and brighter. And as each one of us does that work here, we know that the light that we are shines brighter and brighter and brighter. And imagine in consciousness that light expanding around the universe, around our planet, through our solar system, and on out into the infinite. Because we are the infinite in expression at the point we are. We are the light, the love, the peace that God, that truth, divine mind, spirit is. And we join together in silence now and simply know that truth. From this space of knowing, we claim our good. Whatever that good is, know that it is yours by birthright. However you envision wholeness, wholeness of mind, body, soul, know that in spirit, in truth, It is already present. And our work is to learn to live our lives reflecting that wholeness, embodying that wholeness, knowing truth, and doing the work of expressing that with every breath, with every word, with every act and every step. We give thanks for all of the teachers who have preceded us. We give thanks for all of those who have lived their lives in alignment with these truths so that we might see their light shining and be called forth to live our lives more brightly. We hold all of those who have asked for our prayers, all beings everywhere, in that light of peace, of truth, of love of oneness, and we give thanks in the name of the Christ, in the name of our elder brother Jesus, in the name of all of the masters, 
We know these things are so, and so it is. Amen. I hope that this week, as you continue to go about your work, whatever it is, that you will every now and again just remind yourself that you are actually one of the workers who has been charged with living truth in a way that others can recognize that it is possible to live in this world peacefully. Just as those two probably administrator ministers that I observed 20-some years ago were the first example to me that we could actually disagree and disagree quite passionately and still laugh together and still put our arms together and still go break bread together. So this week, pay attention to your I am. I am. I've had a, I've had some really nice uh, feedback on things that people caught themselves with that. And, um, and I hope that you will continue to be peace in the midst of all matters. Thank you everyone for being here.